Congressman Collins, thanks for your time this morning. Hey, Dan, good to be with you. All right, the president's point there, and I guess it would be your point. Uh, the Democrats keep talking about a blue wave running on the issues, in some cases explicitly on the issues. The president he wasn't misquoting them in, in any significant way. What's the Democrats' path to victory here? Well, I think they're trying to, you know, convince people that the, you know, the previous eight years didn't exist. I think they're trying to convince people that Obamacare was was just a, was a great thing that just went, uh, that didn't go far enough. I think they're trying to convince us that our law enforcement's not doing what it should be doing. I think they're convincing us that money in your pocket is not as good as money in the government's pocket and spending it the way they want to. So it's really, I mean, it, this, I, I have to say this has been set up in this election, whether it be governor's race in Georgia or, or even my race or others. This is a classic set. Do you believe in liberal, you know, government-orientated values or do you believe in conservative, smaller government values that believe in actually in people? So I think it's been set up pretty clear. What do we do? Uh, this migrant, uh, they're calling it a caravan, looks more like a military column to me, but there's this caravan, 7,000 of them are now saying, uh, marching up through Mexico, into well into Mexico now from Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador. What to do here? The president's talking about cutting off aid. He's talking about sending troops to the border. What to do here? Well, I think it's really interesting when you look at this, and you you may mention it, they keep calling it a caravan as if this is some sort of you know family picnic. Look at the, at the folks. Now, look, I think liberals in a tough position here. They keep saying how bad America is and how bad we are and how much we're going down the wrong way, but yet you've got 5,000, 7,000 people from Central America saying, we got to get to America uh, because they understand that we are a great economy and a great place to be. But this is a problem. When you have that many people in a more mob-like environment, a, uh, not a caravan in the true sense, holding foreign flags of foreign nations coming to our border, that's a concern, especially when they can overwhelm border crossings and border guards of sovereign states. I mean, this is something that we've got to get a handle on. I think the president is right in challenging these countries to stand up uh, and say, you've got to control your own borders because we need to control ours. We need lawful immigration. We need folks to come here. Immigration is good for our country, but not in this form. Uh, yeah, overwhelming. We worry about them overwhelming our border. They've already done that in, in Mexico. Uh, overwhelming border officials there. We're seeing actually the physical confrontations that aren't ending well for some of the Mexican authorities. I mean, this does not appear to be in any way a peaceful, well-intentioned group. No, it doesn't, and I think that's that's becoming a concern. And my question is, as many times they're talking about wanting to leave countries in which they are fearful or they're violent, and there's some in here that I, you tr- your heart breaks for some of these folks because of the condi- economic conditions, the, the gang violence, the breakdown of government in their own countries. But my question is, if they have can group together with that many people to cause a, a movement north, could they not group together in their own countries to bring about change there, and we would help that? Um, I think those are the kind of things that's questions, but just simply – Coming to our border and demanding that they be let in, I'm not sure there's very many people in the United States that actually go along with that except the most radical uh, of folks who just believe open borders is, is what we need to have. And I think that's just not something that's very popular. Right, Congressman Doug Collins here, Republican from Hall County. Uh, the president is out there. He mentioned it again last night in Texas. He's talking about a 10 percent, he calls it a middle class tax cut. We're going to get this done. Uh, who is we? Uh, you folks aren't even in session right now. Who's doing this? Yeah, I think there's, there's I think there's been some discussion by the president that he's going off of that we did pass the permanency stuff before we left. Um, no, there's not. I mean, frankly, you're right. There's nothing going to happen before the election because we're not in session. And I think there's some more discussion maybe after the election as we go forward. So I think I think it's projecting forward and saying this is what's going to happen in the election. I think he wants to look at that. Um, <coughs> things that we've already talked about. But but as far as between now and the election, that's not 
going to happen. Uh, as we mentioned, you have your own election hash to settle. I, I, listen, if you have a problem uh, winning re-election in your district as a Republican, then, yeah, then maybe there really is some blue wave that's about to sweep through the land here. Otherwise, let, let's focus on the, the other election that has everybody's attention, not only here in Georgia, but nationally. Everybody's watching uh, this governor's race here. All the yeah. polls suggest it is very, very close within the margin. What do you make of this? Well, I think it is uh, is close. I think it reflects, you know, some energized uh, bases, but I think it reflects two energized bases. Georgia, you know, most people want to make this out to be this huge deal, and it is. But remember, Governor Deal, Senator Bedew, and others won with 51, 52 percent. This is not Mississippi where we're running races in 60 and 70. But what I do see here is is really a challenge that I think that Georgia is facing, and that is you have Stacey Abrams, who is unabashedly, from a liberal perspective, and, and Brian from a conservative state that is going around. But I think it's really interesting here that the liberal cracks in Stacey are starting to show. When you go to South Georgia in the middle of an area where agriculture has been devastated by a hurricane, you talk about not wanting to have to, have to force people into agriculture and tourism jobs. I think she's been spending a little bit too much time in Atlanta and a little bit too much time not realizing what state that she's wanting to represent. And, and I've watched her for a long time, and, and she doesn't make mistakes like that. So I think this is coming from what she really feels. Congressman Doug Collins, best of luck in your own re-election effort. Uh, and by the way, quickly, tomorrow uh, you're going to be uh, – you're on the committee, right, that's going to look at this Rod Rosenstein thing, Deputy Attorney General, and those remarks about reporting the president. I judiciary, but they're only going to do the chairman and ranking member of judiciary and OGR, and then we'll take it from there after they do the transcript. Well, the that president says he wants him to stay on the job. What, what is there to do? Well, I think that's what I, I, I've said before. I said we need to do our oversight work. I mean, I think, you know, the, the, what he said about uh, wiretapping himself and doing stuff, that's just beyond the pale. That's not even something you joke about, especially if you're number two at DOJ. But I think what we're going to continue is the president has met with him. He seems to be comfortable with him. That's the president's decision on keeping him. I think from our perspective, it's just making sure that DOJ, which, by the way, we can talk about a long time, had become thoroughly corrupt at the top levels of the previous administration. All right, Congressman Doug Collins, thanks so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it, Tim. Take care.